Conversations with Uncle Kevin podcast. All right. Well, <clears throat> hello guys, how you doing? Welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm joined by Mr. Calvin. He told me your last name, but I didn't save it. I'm sorry. That's all right. My name is Calvin Ramson. Ramson. That's right. And you told me yours, but I totally forgot it. See, I told you. People hate Africans. <laughs> Got you. Hate, it's just, uh, I, I didn't remember it. It's, it's, it's too long. Mm-hmm. Like when I was in school, my teachers would be like, just write Kevin. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. You don't have to learn your last name. Go give your parents to do that for you. Like, amazing super long so how you been doing man <laughs> i've been great i've been awesome and i'm uh, really happy to be here nice nice, yeah. nice um i don't know where we should start from should we start with <laughs> our issues in vancouver <laughs> what what issues were you having in vancouver yeah well it's un- uh, honestly interesting you say that because when i was talking to you on set you know mm-hmm. when we met up i first brought up the podcast and you asked me what it's going to be about yeah and then i realized you and i are thinking along the same lines and oh, uh, yeah. community is so important to me know the people i meet and i try and make these connections that you know grow into beautiful relationships oh yeah and so i think like for me during the pandemic it was really hard because i'm an extrovert and so oh, yeah. i'm used to if i'm not feeling good i just go out with somebody have a drink and then i feel great again and so during that time i thought oh, it's really hard to connect to my friends it's really hard to meet new people and so i thought that would be a cool idea to connect with others right on a yeah. deeper level and um and not just in Vancouver, but I think everywhere we're finding that a lot of the issues we have, we're so divided about them, you know, either one way or the other. And to meet in the middle is really hard. Oh, yeah. And it goes from the politicians and trickles down to the people. And so I, I'm really interested in having debates and discussions with people that are constructive. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in perspective, like your life and my life are quite different. So yeah. maybe our belief system and our values could be different. Mm-hmm. So it's good to listen to others and be like, hey, where are you coming from? Okay, maybe I understand that, right? But mm-hmm. I disagree because this is my experience in life and I think that this, you know, living this way doesn't work or whatever, right? So right. it'd be nice to have a place where we can all feel safe to yeah. speak to each other, not be judged and just be able to speak our minds, right? Man, have conversations. Yeah. 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 How was it being an extra in, <laughs> in the pandemic? You guys should have struggled. Some of us were happy like, oh, you pay me to be home. Thank yeah. you. Because I'm an introvert. So I'm like, <laughs> that was the best time of my life uh but i do remember like when you'd walk out of the house and you'd see empty streets it was like i saw a different side to vancouver that i had not really appreciated in terms of community because yeah. for me vancouver mm-hmm. has always felt like a city that does not have the sense of community there mm-hmm. is not togetherness you know mm-hmm. it's like we we get the rap of canadians are nice and all that but mm-hmm. it's like in the cities like you see someone walking, okay, I'm just going to walk my way and, and that. And so like when the pandemic does happen, it's like, hey, <laughs> bye. And then like, there's no issue with me. My life is good. Yeah. And then for other people, like my life is good. And then how we started like bombarding, you should wear a mask. You should do this <laughs> if you want to know meeting up. And so that's why I'm very interested in seeing like people who like you, like yeah. extroverts that need the energy of the crowd, that need the people. How yeah. did you manage to go through the last three years now yeah now that's a great question and you know it's interesting because i do recognize that i'm an extrovert and mm-hmm. i've known for a long time but one of the things that happened to me during the pandemic is because i was forced to be inside mm-hmm. i actually started embracing my introvert self and then i started right. realizing like none of us are actually like 
labeled as extrovert or introvert. We just call ourselves that yeah. because oh, I like to stay home. I like to go out. Yeah. But we're all both. Oh, yeah. And I think that somewhere in the middle, if you can find that healthy balance, is always good, right? You don't mm-hmm. want to be outside all the time and you don't want to be inside all the time. But, you know, for me, like it was walks, walks with friends. You know? right. And I really love those because you're being healthy, you know, you're moving around. At the same time, you're catching up on life, right? And so that was like the next best thing as opposed to being indoors where it's a bit scary for us back then. We didn't know what the consequences were, you know? (laughs) I come visit my friend while I die after, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, I kind of made do with that, but I'll be honest with you, I struggled every day. Every day I struggled knowing that like, I don't have an option, right? And this is how I have to live for a while. But part of the embrace, you know, like I uh, went and bought a keyboard. Oh, nice. You know, like, yeah, yeah, like a musical keyboard because I used to play piano as a kid. I thought, you know, all these years, I'm like, I should start playing. And then you never do it because yeah. you're out doing stuff all the time. And you're like, okay, now I have the time and the patience to actually sit here and relearn this thing that I think is a cool skill. Mm-hmm. And so that was me being like, okay, I'm going to read more books. I'm going to play more music, right? And so it was nice to be forced into that situation because mm-hmm. now I'm trying to find a good balance of both. I don't want to be out all the time anymore yeah. when before I was. Yeah. I'm like, no, I value my <laughs> me time. I won't see you today. Maybe next weekend, right? Yeah. No, no, <laughs> when I'm before it's like, by the time you're asking me, I'm already at the door. <laughs> Where should we meet? <laughs> Where should we be? What are we doing? So it's nice to be forced into those situations sometimes and realize that, okay, it's healthy to have a bit of both, right? Yeah. I'm very thankful for where we are today. You and I are not wearing masks <laughs> no. right now. Yeah, that, that was, yeah, the pandemic was not fun. Yeah. But from a community perspective, right. what, what, what suggestion, do you have any mm. suggestion in terms of like, how do we, I don't know, how mm. do we fix it? Because I feel in mm. our society, you're right. a lot of times it's, I don't know. This city for me is just weird. Because like, mm-hmm. even I remember last week, me and my friends, we were like, oh, what should we do? We we're like, there's nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. And then someone yeah. texts us, oh, there's this, uh, I don't know, meat festival happening in Langley. And then you drive oh, all the way. Yeah. yeah, the Rib yeah, Fest. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. we had to drive all the way there. And they're like, oh, it's, it's done. Like, it's oh, finished no. when we got there. They're like, this is the last day. This is the last minute. Yeah. And then we're like, he didn't know it was actually going on. Like, he loves meat. That's that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So to I'm all like, the vegans, out there. I was like, yeah, I was like, to all the vegans, I, was like, I apologize for my friend. <laughs> no, they have corn hut, you know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, you're right, though. That's an interesting point you're making is like, how do you find out about like the events or whatever, right? Yeah. I think, I think the Georgia Strait is still around, you know, and that's probably a good source of these kind of events, but you know, maybe something in Langley might not show up on their radar, that's a bit far away from. Yeah. We also had Rib Fest over in Port Moody where I live. Oh, um, nice. Okay. And like basically exactly where I live. So I was there every day. Oh, yeah. See? <laughs> day three, you know, I got the meat sweats and <laughs> oh, yeah. you're good for a week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's tough. Like I live in a condo building, right? Mm-hmm. And so usually in condo buildings, everybody keeps to themselves. Mm-hmm. And I have this neighbor um, who used to live next to me. And, you know, we always did the friendly wave, you know? Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. And just walk away. Yeah. <laughs> And then every once in a while, hey, we should hang out sometime. Nothing ever happens. It's, it's typical. And then one day I, I come home and I get out of the elevator and I see him standing at his door. And he's got his bags there, his jacket. Everything's lying right there. He's looking a little frustrated. I say, what's up, buddy? I actually didn't even know his name. He said his name is Ali. Very nice to meet you. He said, I'm locked out. Oh, that sucks. You know, are you going to get a key or something? He goes, yeah. my wife's on the way. She's 45 minutes away. So at the time I was married as well. And I said, yeah. why don't you come over to our place? Let me check my wife's thesis come in and no 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 no. I don't, I don't want to do that no no no. that's okay I'll wait here okay so I went in and you know my wife at the time was baking and so I brought him up some baked goods and I said are you sure you don't want to come in and yeah. then he kind of looks at his watch and he says uh, maybe 
yeah, I will. You know, it's going to be a while. A bit yeah. shy, but finally I got him to come in. He's also an introvert. Yeah. But the cool thing is we sat down, we started talking, and then as we're sharing information, he tells me that he used to work in Abu Dhabi. Oh, nice. He did a two-year contract. And I said, dude, that's where I was born. Oh, yeah. And so it's amazing how you can connect with another human just by talking. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if we're both human, we're going to have a common denominator. Something, whether it's what yeah. we eat or whatever, where we came from, something's going to give us the chance to share with each other and get to know each other better and relate to each other. Yeah. And since that day, you know, now I go to his house all the time. He comes back to mine and we've become really good friends. We play golf together. Yeah. So that's the, I think the struggle in our communities in Vancouver is, and you've probably heard this so many times, is we are very clicky. Yeah. Right. You find your group, you know, maybe it's based on your MMA. Maybe it's based on, you know, some hobby that I have. Yeah. And then we share that kind of thing. And that's it. That's my group. Every once in a while, maybe I'll see somebody else, but you kind of rely on that mm -hmm. for your friendship. I think that's a tough way to be. Yeah. And so you need those strange ways to meet people and just like be a bit brave about it and be like, hey, let's let's go further with this. You know, yeah. how, what else can we talk about and you know, share together? Shit. That, that is true. Yeah. Because I've, I've, yeah, observing from that. Also, I'm like, where are the extroverts in this city? Is everybody? <laughs> like, it makes no sense. Like, even, like, you bring up the MMA. Like, I'll see when I'm at the gym. Like, we just show up, train. Bye, bye. Yeah. And then yeah. it's like, okay, it's been one year now. What's your name? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's like, okay, it's two years now. So, yeah. <laughs> what do you like? Oh, you're leaving. Okay, oh, nice yeah, to meet you. Nice to meet you. Oh, you never came back. Oh, I last saw you six months ago. Yeah. Yeah. It, take, it takes a bit of courage. I was on a ferry once going to the island and um, I was a passenger just waiting to get off and somebody tapped my shoulder. And I turned around and this lady goes, excuse me, do you live in my building in Port Moody? I said, yeah, I live in a building in Port Moody, so probably. <laughs> yeah. right? And then uh, long story short, she goes, hey, yeah, we're your neighbors. I've seen you before. Oh, that's so cool. And I said, thank you for approaching me. That takes a lot of courage. Yeah. Long story short, this is about two years ago. This is during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And now we have a WhatsApp group for yeah. the third floor. Oh, we nice. Call, yeah, we call it the third floor community. And it started out with uh, maybe just like four or five people. Mm -hmm. We have up to maybe like 15 participants now. Yeah. And it's everything down to, hey, who has two onions? <laughs> um, yeah. I've got a bottle of wine and no bottle opener. Does anybody have one? Or yeah. just, hey, who wants to go grab a drink? Oh, you nice. know, and so it's a beautiful thing actually that happened last night. Hey, does anybody want to go out and grab a drink at the end of the night? Yeah. And so that becomes a tool. WhatsApp oh, yeah. becomes a tool for us to communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. and make it easy for us to communicate with a lot of people. Then all of a sudden, it's not just, hey, hey, it's all of a sudden, oh, I know your name. I yeah. know what you did last week. How did that thing go? Oh, yeah. And that's how you create relationships is by learning about each other and then talking about those things over and over, right? You get mm -hmm. to know each other deeper and more. And so, but again, it takes a lot of effort. Sometimes oh, yeah. I'll be sitting there and then four of them will be going to the bar, you know, I'm like, oh, tired, but if I'm going to be their friend, I better make the effort and get off my butt and do it. And <laughs> yeah. so, you know, usually when you get there, you're happy and you're having a good time. But it's just right. getting there. It's getting there. It's just getting there after a day of work or some, something uh, like that, right? That, that is but true. it does take effort from every party for it to actually work. You know, it really does. Okay, so Vancouver, you heard. WhatsApp <laughs> <laughs> groups. WhatsApp groups, it. we have to try and be friends. Because, yeah, it's always, it's always fascinating. And I, I was enjoying it, like, in the pandemic reading and, you know, people mm. being... Oh, I'm so lonely. I'm this. I'm like, you live in an apartment building. How? <laughs> Why are you alone? <laughs> All these people. <laughs> All these people. Potential. You know, it's we live in these places where there's always people. But somehow, like, that's the main complaint. That but that's not have. enough. Yeah. You know, you think because your neighbors, it's enough. It's not. Oh, yeah. You know, like, uh, I was in a building years ago. And these neighbors seemed so nice. And I kept saying, we need to hang out with these guys. 
Never happened. We kept saying, I got to see you. I got to see you. Yeah. One day the fire alarm goes off. So we all have to leave the building. That's yeah. the first time I actually <laughs> talked to that guy. I'm like, what's up, bro? Yeah. That's <laughs> like, finally got to know him. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. We share so much in common, right? But it took a fire alarm for us to actually talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that, yeah. That's crazy. And saying that um, you grew up in Abu Dhabi. How yeah. does it, how does the experience like Vancouver and Abu Dhabi match? With the similarities yeah, <laughs> in terms of communities, there anything? Yeah. Uh, what's the difference? Yeah, I was born and raised in Abu Dhabi. Um, I left there when I was about sixteen. Um, it's it's a little bit different there because you have so many different types of people from all over the world who are mm-hmm. there to make a life for themselves, right? Yeah. And they're usually coming from places where life is tough. And so, in a way, you do have those separations and, like, kind of, I would say, actually, ethnic groups really mm-hmm. hang out together. You know, the Filipinos are together, the Arabs are together, and so on and so yeah. forth. Um, but the difference for me is that I had my family there, you know, and so I and I established my life from a very young age, and so it's easy. I think with kids, yeah, you know, it's just so easy. You you kick a ball, I kick a ball. Yeah, we're friends. That's all you need, right? Yeah. And now it's like a little bit more complicated, right? But. Um, the clickiness wasn't a thing over there. Like if you were to be introduced to somebody, you could probably, you know, make it easier to jump out of their life. I think that is something unique to Vancouver mm-hmm. that I heard when I got here. And now I definitely believe because I've been here for a while now, right? Yeah. Um, so there are some parallels, but for different reasons. Yeah. And then over there, because I'm Arab and it's an Arab culture, I guess it's easier. Here you've got all this big melting pot of different religions mm-hmm. and cultures Those, and yeah. traditions and values. So how do you get it all together, right? Yeah. It's actually not that bad, but it's, it seems hard to be cohesive in that sense. It's always fascinating. Because, yeah, I remember, like, in Zimbabwe, what we would do is, when you're a kid, you're like, Mom, I'm lonely. She's like, just walk. <laughs> walk. Yeah. Once you start walking, you see someone who's short like you, yeah. <laughs> more like you, and you just mm-hmm. be like, hey, you want to yeah. play? Yeah, I want to play. Okay, exactly. let's play. Next thing you know, four or five kids are popping up. and You got a ball? Yeah, I got a yeah. ball. <laughs> and you're already friends from that day. And when I came here, like, I see little kids. Mm-hmm. They're always with their parents. It's, it's, they're never detached from that. Where, where they're just kids. If they're just kids playing, mm-hmm. you realize, oh, they're brother and sister. And it's like they're coming from the same family. I'm like, yeah. so you don't talk to the kid down the hall? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, just say hi. <laughs> yeah, in my day and age, it was just come back when it's dark. Yeah. That's it. You know, come right. back for dinner. You're out on your bike all day, right? But yeah. it's a different time, a different place, I think. Uh, you yeah. know, Abu Dhabi, when I grew up, was a very small place. The country was only established in 1971 or 72. Don't oh, yeah. me on that, something <laughs> like that. So it's, you know, back then there's nothing. Yeah. You know, now it's getting a little bit, you know, the crime's increasing, so you got to watch out for your children and stuff like that. But it was a very different life. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the bad part. Like, But still, I still feel like, I don't know. I don't have kids, so don't come for me. <laughs> I feel like, you know, like, yeah. The way kids are in terms of protection, like from being grabbed by weird people and mm, stuff like mm. kids. Yeah, we hear these stories all the time. Yeah, it's. I feel it's usually these people they'll pick a kid when they are alone, right? It's like a kid yeah, is walking alone. Yeah, that's a good point. If you're in big groups, <laughs> it's a big group. <laughs> Safer. <laughs> you're not really gonna do anything, yeah. and by the time they do, the kids will start screaming and shouting yeah. to grab attention, and that's something that just comes from. They're a group of kids. Whereas mm-hmm. if your kid is alone and then they're bored in the house and you get parents get agitated, get out. Yep. That's yeah. when you create that vulnerability yeah. with just walking randomly. But then and it's how, how I like, again, I don't have kids either. So yeah. it's hard for me to speak about this. But, you know, when I, I was I worked at Whole Foods for a few years 
And, uh, you know, if I, if I had samples of something and the child came up to me, I would never give them the food before I see where their parents are. Yeah. I would say, oh, that's great. You know, do you want to check on mom if you can have that or not? Thank you. Right? Yeah. And it's just establishing that communication with the parent, that safe zone, safe zone. It's all good. Right. Yeah. And I think it's that kind of communication. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But in general, I think it's just we have that culture here of flickiness. And like you said, you go to MMA and then you're done. <laughs> peace. You know, see yeah, you next exactly. week. Same with like when I went to college, you know, you go to a class, you get to know somebody, you're friends every day mm-hmm. in the classroom. But the second that class is done, you never see them again. Yeah, it's like we're done. Yeah. Like someone walk up to you like, you were in my class 10 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. But I actually like making random connections. I love yeah. that. And it's, it takes a bit of courage to talk to strangers. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two good stories about when I was at CapU. Right. Uh, one is uh, I was just in a hallway one time and, and at the time I worked and I went to school so I had a bag on my shoulder and a bag in my hand you know yeah. like everything this guy's oh that's a lot of bags and I said oh you know this is what I do and uh, we talked for like two or three minutes just in the hallway you know yeah. he was there to pick up his girlfriend he wasn't even a student yeah. and uh, long story short after that you know we started communicating by phone then we started having coffees together and this <laughs> is years ago now. and so this guy his name is Kevin as well yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, we maybe see each other a couple of times a year, talk, you know, maybe a few times a year. That's it. But it's nice because we made that connection years ago and we still carry it till today. Oh, yeah. And that's a stranger. You never know where life is going to go with that. Person, oh, yeah. right? You never know. And like, that's your best friend. Come uh, it could be actually my second story is that's how it ended up. I was, uh, in a small business class and, uh, this, uh, white guy named Nick and, uh, You know, but he said he lived in Dubai, which to me is just like, whoa, okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't look like me. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And so we talked a little bit. Okay, his dad worked in hotels and you know, he traveled all over. So he got the opportunity to live in all these awesome places. And then, you know, we finished uh, university. We kept in touch and they kept being like, let's hang out. Nothing happened. Let's hang out. He's over here. I'm over there. It's just hard. And uh, I've been in real estate for a while. Yeah. And I've been working with somebody. It's been all right, but I'm not like really into that guy that I've been working with, the realtor that I was with. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking about, mm, you know, I want to start fresh with somebody else. And then I thought, oh my God, that guy that I met in university years ago, I think he's actually a realtor. And I remember he was really smart. He was a hardworking guy. He was honest, right? So that's what you want. Yeah. And I contacted him and he actually helped me sell two properties last year. Oh, nice. It's crazy. This yeah. is somebody you met in a class and you just did a project together. Yeah. And all of a sudden... We're making money together. Yeah. And now we've taken it even further and we're working on property management and things like that together. We've got a few ideas that we're working on, right? Yeah. And so it's just amazing how you can plant that seed yeah. at one point and just leave it be. Oh, yeah. It'll come later. You'll see what that is going to grow to be later, right? You have the seed, but you don't know what the fruit's going to be. <laughs> that is amazing. Sometimes it takes that patience, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is amazing. So Vancouver. <laughs> Lynn. All right. I don't know how y'all going to fix your problems. <laughs> and then um, you... It kept you, what did you study? Uh, I did uh, communications. Yeah, I started in business admin until accounting and math came in. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I think I'm good with words, but I hate numbers. <laughs> yeah, that's where the money is. Money is in the numbers. Is it? <laughs> It's all hidden in the numbers, man. Oh, no. Tell me, tell me, do you watch the show Shark Tank? Mm, a little bit, yeah. Shark yeah. Tank and there's the other one too, right? There's two of them. Uh, Dragon's Dragon's Den. Den. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's all fun and games until it's time for the numbers. It's like, Tell me about I love it. your business. Yeah. 
Tell it's a good idea, numbers. but yeah. <laughs> how, so, much yeah, how much money you making? How much money you making? How much you spending? How much you taking? Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> that's okay, because uh, communications was basically like business admin without the math. Yeah, <laughs> facts, facts, facts. I'll sell you the idea, and this guy's gonna tell you about the numbers. So yeah, and then from there, you then went straight into business, or you worked? Um, no, I mean my story is quite complex. I've worked with my family for a long time as well. My dad's a very um, smart entrepreneur, and oh, yeah. he's been in in a lot of businesses and so from a young age i've been actually working with him and learning from him um but my passion is really in holistic nutrition and that's okay. what i started doing for a while i studied for two years and i got my uh certificate then i realized i'm not really one to do like uh, one-on-one nutrition it's just not really what i feel yeah and i really like sales okay so for a few years what i did was demos food demos oh nice i learned that at whole foods and then i just started my own thing after that and I started repping um, healthy food products all over BC. Some companies came from Ontario, some came from Alberta, some came from local sources, and I would just do the demonstrations and I would sell and get my percentage off the sales to the stores and things like that. Yeah. Words the pandemic, I thought, man, I'm getting really good at this and people are seeking me out. So maybe I'll start, you know, building a team yeah. and teach them what I do and then buy a couple of vans and, you know, just create a brand. And uh, thank God I didn't buy any vans. Because come February, March 2020, my job became non-existent. (laughs) And so I was a bit nervous in the beginning. I thinking, okay, is this it? That's Mm. the end of my career. I have to find something new. But at the same time, a couple of years before that, my dad had retired. And we used the money from his retirement to buy a couple of condos in Vancouver and get into the real estate game. Oh, okay. So that was kind of like a passive thing. And I was going to really focus on the nutrition thing. And then when I realized that that's no longer a valid road for that time, I really turned towards the real estate. Right. And that's when I realized, okay, because I did everything from the purchase of the properties to finding the tenants to managing the tenants, getting the repairs done, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so when I did that, I'm like, Man, I really enjoy this. Yeah. And the cool thing is sometimes, you know, you have a passion, but you look at the math at the end of the day, you go, is it going to pay the bills? Yeah. And the problem with food businesses is they're all struggling all the time. And so yeah. for you to say, hey, I want <laughs> this per hour to do the work for you, though, I don't know about that. Yeah. Well, with real estate, as you know, it's a very healthy market in the oh, city. Yeah. And so I, I kind of veer towards something that works. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, currently I'm uh, doing my uh, my uh, property management course at UBC online. Okay. It's all online. And once I get that certificate, I can delve deeper into that kind of thing mm-hmm. and do what I've done for my dad and his friend um, for others as well. Right. Oh, nice. Company. And so that's probably going to be my big money maker. And, but I'm never one to do one thing, you know? Yeah, you gotta, you gotta keep busy in every... Cause what I'm do bored. Say? <laughs> Variety is the spice of life. It is, <laughs> man. It is. You it's know? only... Forgetting the other statement I was told, where they're like, you don't want to be a jack of all trades. Uh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. What is it? Uh, jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. 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 You, you need... You need to master one, but still, that's right. We, we live in a world that's a little bit weird because a lot of these statements, they, they do get broken down by people where they're like, well, <laughs> this person didn't like. If you look at uh, which they say Apple, it's like they've mastered creating phones, but they're in every market there now into content creation. You're like, huh? Mm-hmm. But then I was told, like, at the base of all of that is still one thing, which is for them, they'll say innovation. So it's like, right. so, really? so vague. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what do you mean? Really, what do you mean innovation? Like, we just innovate in every field that we are in. But it's like, so you mastered innovation? Yeah. <laughs> you go master your one thing. Like, they seem to be doing all right. <laughs> hey, man, they just broke the, was it $3.5 billion a day 
Are you serious? Yeah, a, a day. In 2020, in the pandemic, they made a billion a day because they made $365 billion revenue. I can't fathom that. But anyway, let's not get distracted. Let's yeah. speak about Vancouver. Um, so you're in the Vancouver real estate market. I made yeah. I made a statement on this <laughs> podcast and people didn't like it. Okay. I was like, um, it's impossible to live in Vancouver because it makes no sense how our real estate market has blown, mm. but the general market has not followed. What do you so mean by the general of, market? In terms of the people. Like, like incomes? You, yeah, like incomes. Mm-hmm. So in terms of mm-hmm. people's incomes, it, it doesn't follow because I think I had to be corrected. I used to think minimum wage was sixteen dollars. I was told it's like fifteen dollars. Right. <laughs> right. Right. When well, it should be like twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah. At least. So, so then I was told <laughs> of today's prices. Oh yeah, I was told of this thing called the living wage, which oh. is twenty something dollars right. to be able to just rent a one bedroom apartment and be able to save like 10% and whatever and eat chicken so I was like the breakdown is never because I've spoken to a lot of people who are on the other side of real estate who are more mm-hmm. like renting and struggling mm-hmm. I've never mm-hmm. really spoken to someone on the other side who's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. hey feed my family, family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bring the mm-hmm. money so from you from your perspective as you're saying how do you see do you see a long-term future of whereby is it the government will fix it and people can earn income or is it a huge risk, especially the Vancouver market, whereby you outprice like the renters mm-hmm. at some point? Because I was, I was thinking, you look at basements, it costs like 1500 to rent a basement, right? Mm-hmm. And in my head, I was like, okay, if it's 1500 to rent a basement, right. what's the whole house if you have a family? That's like four, oh, yeah. 5000 thousands, thousands, yeah. yeah, I'm like, if you're, if you're paying rent, $5,000. How much are you earning to be able to pay? And that's exactly it. Yeah. Rent yeah. and to pay your car because I don't think people buy cars straight cash. It's mm-hmm. like how much finance or lease? Yeah, yeah. It's you have car payments and you have insurance and then you have the kids need school and then you have I uh, how much doesn't add a month does a household have to earn just to rent? A house. And we're just talking about rent, not ownership. Not ownership, yeah. yeah just rent. I mean, they're very connected, of course, because yeah. the price of real estate dictates what the rent's going to be at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think, obviously, this is a topic, if you're from Vancouver, you know, we talk about this. <laughs> the weather and real estate, we talk about this yeah. every day of our lives, right? Look, you know, and you'll probably relate to this because you've been talking to quite a lot of people, especially people who come from other places, when we say, why do you live in Vancouver? Like if you're born here because you're born here, but yeah. why did you come to Vancouver? And we all say the same thing. The weather. <laughs> the weather. It's the yeah. only place where it's not going to snow six months of the year. And yeah. for me from the desert, from you from Africa, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, snow is not, you know, like it's nice for a few minutes, but then go away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why are you here for months? So yeah. I need to go places. can't do this. And so I think that the supply and demand, um, old adage really kind of applies here, right? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly it. When you have a, a massive country mm-hmm. of people and, and everybody wants to be in this one province, naturally the price is going to go up. Yeah. And none of us want to go over to even Alberta next door because it's so it's cold, cold. Yeah. right? A lot of the year. And so we all end up in this one place. And then even in BC, we're all in the lower mainland. Yeah. <laughs> so so <laughs> not even just in the same province, but in the same area. Yeah. We don't yeah. want to leave because, oh, you know, even I live in Port Moody. My friends yeah. in North End and downtown are like, oh, you're pretty far away. Yeah. Dude, no, it's not that bad, right? Yeah. And so we're all trying to be in this one area. And so, of course, that's going to increase the price of living. 
Um, I honestly don't know what the solution is. I wish I could tell you. I've been yeah. on both ends. You know, I've been on yeah. the end of living with my parents, and then I went and rented for a, a long time. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, thankfully I've been blessed that you know my father has helped me, and I finally have my own condo here. Um, but without him helping me, no way, man. <laughs> no, yeah. No matter how much I save, if I just if I become an introvert and stay yeah. at home, I'm still not gonna make <laughs> enough. Okay. Yeah. And so I think you're gonna hear a lot of those stories here, is like parents helping. I think almost all the time, if you're under a certain age, you have the parents helping out. But you know, it's tough. I I really wish I had the answer to that. I no, really wish I. Yeah. Could. For me, like the main question, I guess, is like from you as a let's yeah. say. Because I'm looking at you as an investor into investor property. Investor and landlord, yes. Yeah, so for yes. you, like, when you're looking at, at the future of it, does it worry you, like, in terms of, you think at a certain point, it will reach a point where people are just like, we can't afford it. Are you talking about, like, a crash, a market crash? Yeah, like a market crash, but not from the sense, because I feel like most market crashes happen from, like, buying and selling. The issue mm-hmm. is buyers then just go, we can't afford buying the houses. But in this case, mm-hmm. where by, like, mm-hmm. I feel what makes real estate attractive is, like, that monthly income, especially if you're into mm, rental mm, property. Mm, right? like, you know, I'll tell you one thing, you know, um, everything looks rosy when you're looking at it from the outside in. Yeah. And I'm not saying we're not doing well. We're, we're quite comfortable being landlords and, and, and renting out places. But when you really do the math, and it depends on if you do it right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have learned through renting mm-hmm. what it's like being a tenant. Yeah. And so because I care about people so much. Yeah. I can't hear a story from my tenant and be like, eh. you know, yeah. <laughs> like, I just can't. There's no way. So yeah. I, I'm the kind of landlord who like, oh, this is broken. I'm going to not, not just fix it. I'll get you a new one. If that's the case, you know, like a washer dryer was eight years old. I could bring a repairman in, but I'm like, dude, it's almost 10 years old, right? You're getting a new washer dryer, Samsung, you know, all quality. Yeah. And so I'm taking care of my tenants. And if you do that, yeah, of course, your margins go down. <laughs> but yeah. then you feel better as a human being. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so I think that it's important to remember that these are still human beings at the end of the day who, and this is their homes that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And so it does, you do make a good profit at the end of the year, but if you do it properly, you know, you're talking about insurance costs almost doubling and tripling last year. I don't know if yeah. you heard about that over the last two years. Um, and so as a person who has to pay insurance yeah. on multiple condos, it's like, okay, you know, thousands of dollars now have gone up. Um, you know, the fridge is broken. You got to pay for that, whatever the nice thing about a tenant is that, you know, this is how much you pay. Yeah. That's, it. That's it. It doesn't matter what happens, right? Yeah. And so I think that if you're not emotional about it, if you mm-hmm. really do the math and you're smart about where you're buying and what you're doing with it, mm-hmm. then yes, you can definitely make money. Uh, and I will tell you one thing, it's not a short-term game. Yeah. Real estate is a long-time game, long-term game. You buy, you hold, and just rent it out until the right time. If you're trying to flip in three or four years, some people do it. Some people yeah. are successful, but that's a dangerous game to there's so many things, so many factors that play into it. Even mm-hmm. the time of year yeah. where you're trying to buy and sell matters so much, right? We're working on a project right now, but I've been waiting for months. Because, yeah. you know, you've seen the trend. <laughs> yeah, going, I've seen that, yeah. But we know it's going to go further now, so I'm waiting, right? <laughs> because I want that window as a buyer to be able to negotiate. Um, but that's different from somebody buying a home for themselves to live in with their families because yeah. then it's emotional. Yeah, It's no longer, does the math make sense? It's, oh my God, I love this deck. Yeah. And that's all it becomes, you know? Yeah. And so you're, those are two different things. As an investor, you're really thinking strategically about the area that you're in. You know, do you see growth coming? Is a sky train coming mm-hmm. to this area sometime soon? Those are all great indicators. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a home buyer, just for yourself, 
a lot of it goes up. No matter how much you try and do the math, at the end of the day, it's something <laughs> silly. Like, I love this. And yeah. they end up buying that yeah, house, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Vancouver real estate market. It's a tough, tough place to be in terms of that. Yeah. I completely agree with you. I've, I've always looked at San Francisco because I think that's mm. the... It's like similar in terms of cost, mm. but the with San Francisco, it's like you can justify the economy, right? By like they have the technology, and then their salaries are high up as mm. well. So it's like mm-hmm. people are willing to pay what they. Whereas with Vancouver, was for like a lot of yeah. income is like foreign based. It's like your foreigners coming into the city, yeah. then they would just like yeah, pay me two thousand. It's like I need somewhere to stay. <laughs> like yeah. if I do not pay it. I will be homeless and people are willing to pay. But then like, I, I need to speak to someone at the government. Like I'm like in the, in the long term, how sustainable is this economy we've created? Right. Like, cause the costs are going up. It's the hard, government. Man. It's hard. And like, uh, just to relate to that, you know, I've talked to a lot of business owners who say, I can't hire people because yeah. you know, you want to open your business in the highest earning areas, of course. Right. You want yeah. people to be able to pay for the goods and the service that you provide. Yeah. But then you also want to hire people who live across the street. You don't want to come from like an hour away. Oh yeah. But those areas, those people who work for you, they can't afford to live there. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're constantly facing, and you know, we don't have to look at the future, Kevin. We're looking at today. today we're yeah. facing these issues. Today, business owners can't find employees who will stick around. Yeah. You know, to find an employee who works for, you know, 5, 10, 15 years at the same company is almost unheard of these days. Well, the second they find cheaper rent somewhere, they're gone, you know, or like $2 more per hour, see you later. Because yeah. we're, like you said, we're so squeezed that those $2 an hour make a big difference to us. Yeah. And so we're facing those struggles right now. But we're also seeing the result in our society, aren't we? Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. nobody has patience, nobody has time, get out of my way, right? Yeah. Just like, you know, these are my friends, I don't want you friends. And it all yeah, connects yeah. together. Yeah. Uh, I've had the pleasure of going uh, as far as, uh, I've been to Ontario, Saskatchewan, a few other, Quebec, you know, a few other places. And I noticed in places like Saskatoon, for example, because they're so spaced out and the real estate's a lot more balanced, mm-hmm. they have time to talk to you. Even on the island, on suit and places like that, people have full-on, complete strangers, man. Just on the street, we'll have 10-minute conversations with you and really pay attention, really hear your story, you know, ask you questions and all that kind of stuff because they have the patience and the time. They're comfortable. The problem is here, we we think we have this awesome life, but we're all so stressed out that we don't have time for that, right? And so we're already seeing the results in our society. It's not good. Whether economically we can sustain this real estate thing, I don't know. But mm-hmm. societally, I'm telling you, we're not. Yes. Right now, yeah, we're not. We're not. I think East Van was proof of that. Like, where uh-huh. we, because it's like we, you pushed out people from Vancouver with the whole gentrification thing oh, yeah. that they did. But also, like, there was a down spiral from it. Like, a down, like they, they didn't fix the problem. Because the issue has always been, give people a job, I make X amount of dollars. I can pay my rent, live my life. The moment it's, I can't pay rent, I can't do this. Oh, if I just inject myself with that thing mm-hmm. and forget, mm-hmm. and then every Wednesday you give me, I don't know, I've told you, give me like a thousand dollars to go buy more drugs. Like right. that or dealing with the issues of my life. I can't deal with these issues of my life. No, you're totally right, man. <laughs> you know, when you, when you can set goals and see like a sort of a path, how you're going to get there, yeah. you become excited about life. Because it's like, okay, if, if I work really hard and I do this course and I do, I'm going to get there. problem with Vancouver is you're being told, I don't know, like, uh, you know who Rennie is? He's Bob Rennie. He's one of the most uh, successful developers in Vancouver. And I remember he had a, an interview where he said, he's talking to us millennials and he said, forget about owning a house. 
Yeah. Like, don't even think about it, you know? Maybe dream about a townhouse. Dream yeah. about a townhouse, right? <laughs> yeah. Don't even consider having a house. And so he's already setting that precedence for us. Like, don't even dream that big. Yeah. And so we become kind of discouraged, right? So if you set a goal and you don't see any paths, how are you going to get there? You kind of become kind of discouraged yeah. about it, right? Yeah. Why should I hide? Why, why should I fight that hard if I can't even get to my goal? Yeah. And that's what people are being told is like, you're not going to get. No yeah. matter how hard you no work, all, yeah, how, all the money you save, you can eat chicken for five years. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, it's next to impossible. He, he's right, though. Like, I think I had a guest who broke down the cost of buying. I think it was oh, like a cool. million dollars and stuff. And what she was saying was, um, if you try to save up even the deposit that's needed, <laughs> it's like because uh, in my head I was like oh yeah I think they say 10% you should have was it 5% that you should have of the deposit for the bank to give you the mortgage money she's like you got 35,000 just sitting in your bank account at this one like, right. uh, and, and then she's like it's even more than 35,000 we just oh, say <laughs> yeah I'm like yeah. no so it's it's becoming the city of investors yeah 10% basically. of a million dollars is $100,000 yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> and you can't even buy anything for a million dollars yeah it's city. like you can't dream of it or the thing yeah. that people now have to do is like, what can I do to get to a million dollars? I did a video again last week where I was like, if you want to find the most searched videos on YouTube is how to make a million dollars. Cause, <laughs> and it's no longer like a status thing. Like I'm a millionaire. Yeah. Just, I, have, I just want a home. <laughs> just want to buy a home. That's mine. Yeah. That's mine. And I can afford and And then like I was reading um, the central bank keeps on hiking the interest rates. So now even getting the mortgage is next to impossible. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I'm like the city, I do not know how the how what the long I tried reading the Vancouver long term plan of BC. Oh yeah, I've seen those, yeah. I was like, yeah. this makes no vision sense. Yeah, vision twenty thirty. Right. I'm like, at no point that like we have more skilled trades. I'm like, the problem is not skilled trades. The problem is you're not no, paying people. It's like pay people. Yeah. Once you give people pay, they have enough money. People will surprise you with ideas that they have. Like a lot of people right now are feeling Vancouver just in survival mode. No one is in that. Let's thrive. But if you put in a situation where people get into it, not everyone wants to get into real estate. Not everyone wants that headache of like dealing with issues. But now it's like, oh, let's talk about real estate because it affects me. I'm needing to Mm -hmm. pay rent. It's like, oh, I'm a buy. You are my problem. It's like, no, I'm not your problem. I'm just, this is my thing that I've seen that works for me and, you know, my temperaments and I feel like this is what I want to do. But it's like, we will pay you $14.50. You have to buy this house at a million dollars and Mm -hmm. make Mm -hmm. back your profit from this person earning $14.50. So you have your basement with 20 people Mm -hmm. just to cover the cost of your house like somebody and again it goes back to like everything's so connected right Mm -hmm. and you know where i grew up the cool thing is that you got to know your neighbors and then they'd stay there for 10 20 years yeah so you really could have that community because you can get comfortable with those people yeah i think some of the struggle we have today is that you know that your neighbors are temporary you know your roommate might be temporary the second they get a better opportunity they're gonna skip out of there right yeah Uh, i'll tell you personally a lot of my best friends are gone now after COVID. It oh, yeah. really changed things. One friend moved to Taiwan. Another friend moved to um, uh, Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've had all these friends just like another one went to Europe, right? And so we're, we're quite fragmented. And yeah. that's a problem because if you don't think that you're going to know this person for the next five <laughs> or ten years, you're not going to put a lot of effort yeah. into getting into a deeper level with them. Yeah. So we have this like temporary life all the time that we mm-hmm. don't know where we're going to be next, right? Oh, yeah. And that, that affects us. So we, we can't really build that community. 
And the other thing too is like how long it takes to get places now. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I grew up on the North Shore yeah. and I live in Port Moody, but like, you know, if I was going to be like, hey, let's step out for a beer. I can't drive 45 <laughs> minutes and do that, right? Yeah, exactly. It's the convenience of like, yeah, let's go, right? So your friends are all over the city now, just wherever they can find their luck, you know? Okay, yeah. I live here. I live here now because I found a deal, right? Yeah. And so it's just, again, it's all connected. The real estate thing is connected to our social lives, to um, our financial means and our security. Right. And if we can't have, a, a, if we can't ensure that we're going to be safe, we're always going to be agitated. Right? Well, and that's, yeah. But who fixes it? Is it the politicians? Is it who whose responsibility is it to be like I'll fix it? That's for I've cracked my head on that. Like who, who somebody has to be held responsible for? Like because I I thought I don't understand how the minimum wage thing works. Because mm-hmm. like where I'm from, we don't have minimum wage. It's mm-hmm. just this is the job. This yeah. is how much I pay for it. Which with the minimum wage, I guess it's fair because it provides <laughs> a fair ground so that um, employers don't take advantage of yeah. employees, which if you're a desperate employee, they'll definitely take advantage of you, right? Oh, yeah. That's why I feel like, okay, that part I get. But, but it's uh, not enough. But then it's like, who did, and the, the thing is, it's already, de- it's predetermined, like the BC one, where they're like, by 20 Oh, they already know. Yeah. The increments something increase, will, which will, are like minuscule, right? Yeah. It's like every dollar or 50 cents, but I'm like. The inflation that we just had is not at a dollar fifty cents. Like we had ten percent. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever I used to buy at five dollars, ten dollars. I know, right? I, I and that's can't. the problem is that <laughs> yeah. before the pandemic and after the pandemic, yeah. man, is life so different, right? Like oh, yeah. a piece of bread doesn't even cost the same anymore. Right? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's the, like the, the you jump. increased my minimum wage by this much. <laughs> yeah, and you still expect the bread me. is double the price. <laughs> oh, yeah. Somebody so, expect me to. I'm like, I don't know who has to fix this, but somebody. Well, a lot of people are in debt now too because of that. Because you're gonna continue to eat bread. Yeah, <laughs> you have to survive. Yeah, so we're so going well. to our credit cards now. Yeah. So those guys are like, <laughs> oh, yeah, and, yeah. That's another. Yeah. That's Interest a whole payments, baby. different. <laughs> that's a whole different yeah. ball game. It's, and but now I feel I don't know. That will be I guess at federal level, but can't even fix it too like because canadians i was told like canadians are like is it 200 dollars from being bankrupt like the majority wow wow it's just a 200 dollar bill from going it's terrifying i'm done and again that's why we're so agitated right yeah um you know like i spoke to one of my friends who just moved to nova scotia long story short is he uh they, they had a condo in surrey years ago they, you know the value went up they sold it and they went they went and bought a house yeah. with an acre and a half in Nova Scotia. And so some people mm-hmm. are making those decisions, yeah. you know, and just getting fed up and leaving the city. That's, and, and that's sad because that's a really close friend of mine who's now, you know, no longer next door. Yeah. And I feel like that, that is eventually the solution for most people is just to leave. Yeah. Cause yeah. Especially if you need room, like you and I are single guys, no, no, no yeah. you know, no wives, no kids, anything like that. But, you know, if you got a dog, two kids, and a wife, <laughs> you're in a condo. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's, you're going to be getting in each other's faces, right? Yeah. It's just, so when you need more space, we find that people move away from the city, right? Towards Maple Ridge, towards Chilliwack. Yeah. And maybe that's some of the decisions that people need to make, you know, depending on your situation. Um, I don't think anyone's going to solve it for us. Um, I think that this problem is going to continue because, again, everybody wants to be here. I'm telling you, I moved from the <laughs> Middle East. Like, I knew not to look at a lot right. of this. Yeah. The only place I was looking at is Vancouver. Yeah. yeah. 
I guess my thing is just like, I don't know if the city forefathers who they are, but whoever that is, it's like at a certain point you have to create an economy that sustains the city's cost. Like mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. San Francisco, it's like, you know, there's the tech world. So people will get mm-hmm. jobs and, and mm-hmm. you're able to generate the income mm-hmm. that matches. Like, yeah, people want to come here and we have, call it the, the hospitality industry. It's like, how mm-hmm. do we invest and get more people into doing the hospitality thing? But still, it's like, how many people do you need with machines now? Like you reserve, mm-hmm. you just go online. Da, da, da. Yeah. <laughs> That's one person fired. So yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, we're losing our jobs to technology at the same time. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's another discussion to have, but I always think that, you know, at one point they were probably like, what's going to happen to the horse and carriage? You know, when we have cars, yeah. the carriage maker, the poor guy, he's no good, but that guy becomes an automaker. Oh, yeah. Right. So I think that, you know, the replacement uh, by uh, putting people in situations where they have to learn new skills mm-hmm. because their, their job is replaced by technology is a natural progression of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, it's just a matter of like educating yourself, like you know, with cars. It used to be a guy who you know has to unscrew <laughs> something, take out the belt, put in the new belt. Yeah. Now this guy has to learn how to like program <laughs> the thing to do a yeah. whatever, right? Oh, I just repaired your car. There you go. <laughs> no, you give me like came with, my, with a book to read. Yeah. <laughs> what do I do now? Pay. And then I have a friend where like their car was fixed, right? And then she's yeah. like, oh. And they send an invoice through the app. They're like, yeah, you can pay us through the app. <laughs> She's like, oh, so I can take my car without paying? Yeah, the app will track you until you pay. Just, you can get your car, go do whatever you have. Crazy. I'm like, oh, you don't have to walk into the office and get your keys? And she's like, yeah, yeah. nope, my car has the car key in the app. Started from there. Yeah, well, that's this. apparently how you buy a Tesla. I didn't yeah. know this, but my friend told me you order online like a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> and it arrives at your door, like with nobody there. Nobody there. <laughs> You're in the cars. Right. Insane. This, 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 <laughs> is, this is crazy. And on the, I want to conclude this. On the real estate thing, what's your views on universal basic income? Uh, tell me a bit more about that. Uh, so it's like what happened in the pandemic where they were giving people that mm-hmm. served the $2,000. Mm-hmm, so the concept with the universal basic is, is the same thing. It's like you give people $2,000 and then, but they still get to work their jobs or whatever, but everybody gets so let's say if you right. earn right. under X amount of dollars, say fifty thousand a year, we'll give you that that whatever to get you to fifty thousand dollars a year. Basically like a basic living income. Yeah. Calculating what should cost you for your rent, your food and all that, and yeah. then you have that security. You know, that'd be an amazing thing because economy again is not my forte. Yeah. But I'll tell you something, you know, I know for a fact that people are more creative and people are more thinking outside the box and coming up with solutions when they're comfortable. Yeah. When you're trying to figure out how to get that roof over your head, you don't care yeah. about any of these existential things, right? And so I, I would be in full support of that, man. I think yeah. that would be a great idea because I think crime would go down, like violent crime, mm-hmm. you know, theft, that kind of stuff would go down because those people are not going to put themselves in dangerous situations if they don't have to. Yeah. Right? Most people won't. Some people are crazy, but most people won't. Yeah. Um, I think that'd be an incredible thing. I think that actually could be like a way of seeing our human. Uh, people advance oh, yeah. in how we think, how we behave, how how we carry ourselves around each other. I think that would be incredible. Yeah, that, yeah. So a lot of the disparity and the unfairness that we have is because of the system that we have, where you know the privileged are privileged and the ones who are not just dream about it. Yeah. And so that would really equal things out. Whether yeah. we'd be allowed to do that, <laughs> it's a different it's, story. It's, it's an interest. Yeah, I don't know because like I feel. I, 
Okay, I know you're not in Colorado. Canada is like a 1.5 trillion dollar economy mm. with a population of around 30 million people. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. it's like there's some money there. The money is there. <laughs> if money. you want to pump it, CERB was proof. We I have mean, it, it, yeah. it, it's a bad consequence, but still, it's our like, inflation is a yeah, inflation has gone up. Yeah. But it's yeah. like, yeah. still, we did prove the money is there. The systems are there. When we needed is, it, yeah, when we needed it, it was like, in the mail. Everything is there. We can do it. And dude, I know some of my friends that were so thankful for that too. Just like, man, I don't know what I would have done. You know? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's like, but for some people, it's like even with that two thousand dollars, like. You can't pay my bills, <laughs> but oh, totally. it, it it does help people move, and so it gives you that baseline of comfort. Yeah, where you know, okay, I'm not gonna starve. You know, yeah. Now I can, you know, really start coming up with ideas and taking risks. Taking, yeah. You don't take risks you if you can't afford it. Oh, yeah. But if you can have a little bit of extra money and just okay, I'm gonna buy <laughs> this, you know, and take a little risk. Maybe it'll work out. Maybe it won't. Right. Yeah. So I think it'd be really cool, man. I I would love to see something like that. I hope the politicians are listening because they're the ones in control. That's right. And then you told me you're on UBC. Um, I recently saw or met someone, a stranger. He just started venting at me. He's like, you know how much I have to pay for my courses at UBC? He's like, he pays $10,000 for one course. Total, he was, he's not from here, obviously. Yeah, he's, he's not, not from Canadian. here. <laughs> he's like, his total was... It's 10 times. He's like 20000 for two courses in one mm-hmm. semester. I was like... You pay that. My entire you better be a lawyer after <laughs> my all. My entire master's degree was probably your one yeah. semester. I'm like, how do people go to UBC? Like, how do you even afford yeah. going yeah. to UBC? And then I'm like, oh, now it makes sense. Because like being African, having student loans makes zero sense. I'm like, why do I need a student loan? Your mm. parents go to work. Your only person who needs a student loan is if you don't have someone supporting you. So right, but, yeah. But then once you start breaking down, it's like, oh, yeah, it's. 5,000 or 10,000. That's really tough, man, because, you know, you're talking about people who've come into the country and trying to build a life. Yeah. No, not somebody who's already here and like trying to do something different with their lives, right? Yeah. You know, for me, my course costs just over (laughs) $1,000. Right? Yeah. Like that's doable. That's doable, yeah. But like 10 grand, are you insane right now? And that's the problem is that you have these people trying to build a life here and maybe they were actually quite educated back home, but we don't. You know, approve the education yeah. here, right? The equivalency of it, um, and it creates that extra barrier, and then it's really tough for people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, come, but now UBC is <laughs> I don't know how you justify. I'll charge you ten thousand dollars, yeah, for a textbook. Like this information is already there. Like, I think they say that that's actually the true cost of education too. At the end of the day, which I don't know if I believe yeah. that. I think somewhere in between the two numbers is the true cost of yeah, education. Yeah, it's like, how is it, yeah. like, I know. That's definitely them making problems. Yeah, where, where <laughs> they say, uh, what do they say? Like, if you're Canadian, you pay, let's say, 2000 Exactly, And then yeah. if you're international, yeah. you pay times three. Exactly. It's like At least, at least. not more than that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why? It creates that extra barrier, doesn't it? Yeah, so yeah. it's like, why are we doing this? And then, well, okay, fine, they're international. You want to charge them, charge them whatever you want. But still, mm-hmm. it's like, we go back to the, why is it? Two thousand. Why is it five thousand? Because it's like you can't. There's no justification to charging someone. Because if UBC can charge you five thousand, and then you go to say Capilano, and for the same mm-hmm. course they're charging you a thousand, and then you go mm-hmm. to, you know, mom and dad's college. <laughs> yeah, and at the end of the day, it's like reputation as well. You know, I've heard people say, "Oh, I come from the best university." You know, I studied yeah. this. Oh, where did you study it? They they're not proud of you yet, right? Yeah. Oh, where at this where? school? Hmm, cool. Oh, I studied at this other school. Oh, you know, 
So I think that actually does also dictate the price. the price. My experience, I went to SFU first mm-hmm. and then I hated the uh, big lecture rooms. Yeah. You were there with 200 people. You never get to know anyone, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, when I switched to CAP, which is the opposite of what people do, people yeah. go to the small place first and go to the big one after. Yeah. But I went the other way because to me, it was really important to get to know my teachers. Like I used yeah. to go out for beers with my teachers after, oh, nice. you know, yeah. Uh, students who I still have so many friends from school today, at least two, four or five people who I talk to on a weekly basis. Yeah. Right. And so that's it. You know, if, you, if you're looking for that name where, you know, the resume looks great, then you got to go UBCS if you were something like that. But for me, it was a lot more than that. I just really wanted to have a good experience and really learn while I'm there, not just read the books and do the exams. Yeah, right. Yeah. But you're saying but you know, there's 200 of you and you paid. 10,000. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) What's the value? Like, I remember in the pandemic when they were studying online and the schools kept on demanding the same amount for the tuition. I I was like, so why am I paying 10,000? And then that's when it came out. So someone came up with a statement like, education is a scam. Like, it makes (laughs) no sense. Like, why are people paying $10,000? Well, it's tough, man. You know, I don't know if it's a scam or not, but it is tough because... Again, I think if we go back a few generations, Mm -hmm. you were told that if you study and you work hard and all that, you'll have a nice house with two kids and a dog. But these days you're being told, okay, you can take a student loan, go to university for four years and come out and just battle for a job after that. And you're battling for an entry-level job (laughs) after all of that. that, So I think what I would say is that you have to really look at like what you want to do with your Mm -hmm. life and just figure out what multiple paths you might have. Sometimes university is the right way. Sometimes maybe, you know, a little college and take a quick course and learn on the job. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, man, like I've done some schooling, but a lot of what I've learned is either because I had an amazing manager who believed in me mm-hmm. or I just had the right workplace with the right teammates. And that is honestly what, how I've advanced in my life. When I worked at Whole Foods, I was quite young. I didn't know what skills I had. Yeah. I just knew who I was. And I had an amazing manager who saw through all that and he, started you know first i was like stacking apples and all that and he goes why don't you do a food demo i said yeah. what was that he goes, okay strawberries and chocolate and sell it okay yeah. and then from that i became food demo guy yeah and then i learned that oh cool i have this skill i'm able to speak to people and and smile and like sell things and that's really nice because it's something that i'm good at yeah and that's how i started my own thing after but without Jorge, without that manager to yeah. believe in me and put me in that situation I don't think I ever would have gotten there because I wouldn't have discovered that skill that yeah. was innate within me. But he knew people so well that he's just like, this guy, you know, you do that. This other guy, mm, I think you'd be really good at this. And so no matter what you do at school, I think it takes good leaders and good people to believe in you and see what you've got to bring that bring fruit that out of you and, and, and make sure that you're successful, right? But do you think after paying almost 100000 would you work in Whole Foods? <laughs> <laughs> Like the other thing that I noticed was like when I look when when I look at jobs on say Indeed and it's like thirty dollars an hour, right? And I'm thinking of this person who just had to spend hundred thousand on a degree. Like how the 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 return on investment is not enough anymore. It's not there. And be it you you went to UBC, I don't think there's any job that's gonna pay you hundred dollars an hour straight out of the gate. No way, man. (laughs) You still have to. And the Canadian thing, start from the bottom, mm-hmm. get way back up. I was like, I'm $100,000 in debt. <laughs> so, I'm below the bottom. Yeah, I'm below the bottom. <laughs> I'm underground. I'm trying to get to zero. And then the house <laughs> now. 
But yeah, it's definitely not enough anymore. I think you're absolutely right about that, Kevin. Um, it used to be, and now it's like, but that's what's so heavy on us. You know, it's like yeah. you're gonna go to school, you're gonna pay your tuition, you're gonna do this, then you mm-hmm. gotta start at the bottom of the ladder, and then you gotta climb the ladder, and then you still can't even afford a house. So it's yeah. just like that path looks so hard, man. Yeah, but it's forcing us to become a lot more um, outside the box. You know, if you're gonna be successful, I think that you have to do so many different things and try mm-hmm. so many different paths and ways to get there. Yeah, and maybe even align yourself to the right people who believe in you, and you know maybe your skills kind of work together and just you know, do it together. Yeah, and put yourself in those places where you have opportunity. Um, when I worked at Whole Foods, I remember like there were two different attitudes. There was, hey, who wants to? Oh, Kit Solano's short staff today. Who wants to go there? Mm-hmm. And you got the guys that just gonna do my thing. Yeah, I was. I was the guys like, yep, I'm already, I'm already there. Yeah, and so you put yourself in those situations, and then people see you and they notice you. Yeah. And so they're going to be able to be like, okay, maybe that guy. Same on set, you know, when yeah. working in background, right? Yeah. If you're trying to get that hero shot, right? Yeah. If you're trying to get that double pay or whatever, you got to put yourself in that situation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. When you see the AD or the director looking around, you just, yeah. hey, how about me? How about me? Yeah. Maybe they won't look at you and choose the other guy, but put yourself out there, right? Yeah. I think that's actually what our lives are all about now is we can't just do one thing and expect that to reach our goal. We have mm-hmm. to fight. We have to be creative, smart, line ourselves up, take risks, right? In it all. I think we got to do yeah many different things to get to that success. That and that's true. the cost of living here. Because we can all choose today to move to Saskatchewan or yeah. to move to Manitoba, right? You see it. Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely people, by the way. <laughs> Friendliest people you ever meet. But, yeah. you know, we're all choosing to be here. Yeah. And so we have to pay the price by working really hard to get to our goals. No, 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 no offense, Saskatchewan. No, I love Saskatoon. It's one of my favorite places. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so now we're moving to a section of the part where I ask you uh, ready-made questions. Um, So, for okay, the first question is: What is one myth about your industry slash profession that you'd want to debunk? But you work in multiple industries, so Uh, I don't know. know, I do, I do. I'm going to speak to real estate because that's the most current one. All right. Um, I think I'm going to go back to what I was saying earlier. I'm going to debunk that. I think sometimes you look at landlords and property owners as like, whoa, these guys are making bank. Yeah, I'm going to debunk that because if you actually, like I said, if you're paying your property taxes and you're paying your insurance and your warranty and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. it kind of dwindles your profits a little bit. And so I would say that people who are thinking that, hey, I'm going to buy an investment property and it's yeah. going to be awesome, mm, do the math. <laughs> Talk to somebody who's already doing it. You know, <laughs> Figure out what the numbers are going to be like and what your mortgage is going to look like. And, uh, I know people who are in the red who own properties and they're basically banking on the property value going up, but they're yeah. year to year. They're in the red. They're not in the green. How do you avoid being in the red though? Like, Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, um, yeah. you know, you got to run trim, right? You got to like one time it's tough. Cause like I said, I really care about my tenants a lot. And I want them to be, I want them to have the perfect life. Cause mm-hmm. that's to me, I achieve my goal. If I can do that, if they have a comfortable and perfect life, I'm a happy guy. Um, but she had a little like strip up above that needed to be painted. And I thought, yeah. okay, if I call a painter, he's going to charge me a minimum just to do the little thing. Yeah. Right. And so you got to be smart and you got to be like, look, you know, I understand that doesn't look that good. Can you live with it? You yeah. know? And if she says no, then of course, of course I'm going to do it, but you got to try and like, be careful of, you know, how much you spend, you know, mm-hmm. if you're going to go buy a washer dryer, don't just go to a store and buy it, shop around, shop online, take yeah. your time. Right. Of course, not at the cost of the tenant being uncomfortable, but like you really have to do your homework. And I think those little, little things and just being really smart, always paying attention to the cost of things is uh, how you're going to get into the game, I think. 
and not being emotional. When you buy it, you know, look at the math, look at the numbers. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. You know, just because you live in a certain area doesn't mean your investment has to be there. Yeah. You know, maybe you live here, your investment's all the way over there, right? Because numbers wise, it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I'm moving to Saskatoon after that. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your jacket. <laughs> all right. Um, what's the what's one thing you wish you'd have known before you begin your career? Background. Yeah, talk to us about your background. Because you have multiple careers. This yeah, is the problem. Yeah, yeah, These we questions can, were meant yeah, for we someone. We talk about background. <laughs> uh, what's one thing I wish I knew? Yeah. Um, well, with background, like, you know, it's, it's such a special job because it's kind of fun, but it's also, mm-hmm. like, really, really grueling. Yeah. I think one thing I would have wanted to know is, um, like, from the get-go, mm-hmm. really making yourself known to the ADs and the directors and the people who are around because at the end of the day mm-hmm. those are the people who are going to be choosing you to yeah. do certain things and not do certain things so like just being early all the time um, you know smiling not complaining you know realizing that when you're talking on set the AD probably hears you yeah. you know they're not stupid right so if you're sitting there complaining all the time they're going to see that and they're going to hear that Yeah. so I think when I got in I was quite young and like you know just kind of like whatever but yeah I think if I really committed from the beginning, maybe I would have had credits by now. I'd been union. <laughs> that is facts. <laughs> so just always like hustling and not complaining about the hours, not complaining about lunch, not complaining about that. Just hustle. Absolutely. And, and in real estate, okay, fine. I'll, yeah. I'll give it to the people. They came, <laughs> they came for your real estate. <laughs> uh, the question, Shari, what advice would you give to someone trying to pursue a career similar to yours in terms of real estate? Um. Okay, that's a great question. I would say stepping outside the box. Um, you know, like my part, of, what I enjoy doing is the property management part, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of people are become realtors and want to become realtors, most people. <laughs> um, I would say that, you know, when you have most realtors working in the North Van, downtown, kind of Brentwood mm-hmm. area, um, I would actually reference my, my friend and realtor, Nick, because he has really stepped outside the box. He got an opportunity to go out to Fort St. James and, 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 and sell a farm, cool. you know, work with a local realtor there yeah. and, and look for a client out here for a farm. And so I would say the most important thing is to put yourself outside of what people are doing. If you see, you know, 90% of the realtors doing this, you go do something different. Even if it doesn't seem to pay you right away, I think it'll pay later because you become more unique as we have, you know, you talk to so many people in this town, they're yeah. either a realtor or, you know, like yeah. there's only a few jobs that people have in this town. So for you to become unique in what you do, you really have to think outside of uh, the daily, you know, just like selling condos in North Van. So I'd say look at opportunities outside of the daily usual stuff and differentiate yourself. Become a brand that people recognize. All right. um, what are some great resources that have helped you along the way? Honestly, people. The people around me. Because I, I could do this alone, mm-hmm. you know, but it's not easy and you don't advance as fast. Um, so my loyalty to my friends and the people I work with, my honesty, mm-hmm. um, uh, has really taken me a long way. And I know that the people who work with me know that they can trust me fully and I trust them fully. And so I think that's the most important resource you can have is people and, uh, relationships in, within the work, within the workplace. Okay. Yeah. All right. So these ones are more personal. Um, okay. they were written by a five-year-old. Oh boy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. For what in your life do you feel the most grateful? I think I'm most grateful for, man, I'm grateful for a lot. I've been lucky in this life, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm grateful for living in Vancouver, to be honest. Um, 
the, uh, the fact that I made it all the way out here, uh, we were born uh, with refugee status when I was born in Abu Dhabi because mm-hmm. my father's from Palestine. Yeah. And so a lot of my cousins and family over there, they dream of being in North America. You must know this. You're yeah. coming from Africa yourself, from Zimbabwe, right? Yeah. And so I feel blessed. I, I think that is definitely the most grateful thing and the best thing that my dad has done for us is move us over here because I've heard this from somebody on your podcast before too. It's just like, Back there, you know, sometimes you work your ass off and, and yeah. you do all these things and you know that you don't have equal opportunity. Yeah. You know, like you're told <laughs> yeah. to your face that because you're born this way, you don't have equal opportunity. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm most grateful for is being in a country where, look, man, if you just do the right thing, hustle, be honest, work with the right people, you mm-hmm. can reach your goals. And I'm really grateful for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, if you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? You want to meet my nephew? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How big is your nephew? <laughs> you got a 40-year-old nephew somewhere? Um, that's a good one. You know, I don't have a lot of regrets in my mm-hmm. life, so I don't know. I haven't thought about that much. But I think one of the things, like, my dad was uh, one of those people who were like, oh, you're done school? You're going to university now. Yeah. Like, he literally not forced me, but it was just like ultimatum, right? You either yeah. do this or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I would have changed that because I wasn't ready for that. When mm-hmm. I first went to college, I basically messed around, had fun, you know, partied yeah. and just like later in life, did I actually commit myself and, and go back to university and get the marks that I needed to, uh, oh, nice. to be successful. So if I could change one thing, I'd say uh, be given the opportunity to just explore life at that age, at that age of 16 or 17 and maybe take a job or travel or whatever. But at the time, I didn't think I had any options. So I just went to college and wasted time. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. So autonomy, yeah. <laughs> What is the greatest accomplishment of your life? My friendships, my relationships. I'm extremely, extremely loyal to my friends and the ones who I have are very loyal to me. We've had some very tough moments together. We've had some amazing moments together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's definitely my greatest accomplishment is my relationship with people around me, uh, whether it be my neighbor, my best friend, my family. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what do you value most in a friendship? Time. Time. Because that's the one thing, like honestly, if you think about it, money comes and goes. Food spoils, you know, yeah. um, but time just goes. It's never coming back. Yeah. And so if I have a friend who values me, I think that no matter how busy they are, yeah. they're going to find the time at some point. Even if it's like the coolest thing happened the other day. I have a friend who lives on the island and he mm-hmm. was only here for a dentist appointment. Oh, yeah. But he wanted to see me so bad. And I was at Granville Island just trying to find parking, like going around in circles. Yeah, He literally showed up from the North Shore. And got in the car and yeah. went around with me for half an hour to find a spot because he had to go after. Yeah. And that was our time together. Oh. Uh, we sat together outside <laughs> yeah. after we found a spot together. We, found, we sat outside together and just, you know, a little chat. And then he left. That was like, you know, we laughed because like we didn't sit at a bar and have a drink or a meal or something like that. It was so like busy. But yeah. we both messaged each other after going, bro, I'm so grateful for this time together. Right. Yeah. And so he gave me that time out of his day, even though he was so busy to come and spend time with me circling the parking lot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But we had a great time, man. Yeah, that, yeah. that is awesome. It's our most valuable resource. Yeah, it's funny you speak of time. I was speaking with my friend, um, like her daughter, someone told her, like, your daughter really loves you. And I was like, yeah, for kids, the language is like love for them wow. is time. The wow. only thing they, for them, if you don't give them time, they feel like you don't love them. And True. then if you tell them I love you, it doesn't mean anything to them. It's how much time. You, so I was like, because you spend a lot of time with her. She values that. Whereas, say me, I just come in, Ay, yeah. bye. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. you don't love me. You don't give me your time. But I'm like, yeah, you're not my kid. <laughs> if you're yeah, my kid, yeah. I'll be there and I'll give you all the time that I have. And, and that's just, so I was like, 
interesting that you say time because I just had this conversation yesterday. Oh, that's awesome. I was like, yeah. yeah. Well, especially for kids because they don't know the meaning of I have to go work and I make this much, therefore we can yeah. only afford this. So you buy them toys. They just know, oh, I got a toy. Yeah. Right? But it's the time, you know, the where's time. mom, where's dad, yeah, right? How much time are you giving to me? And then, okay, this will work for you. What does friendship mean to you? <laughs> Um, I think friendship means uh, some uh, a relationship that is timeless. Again, back with the time. Yeah. What I mean by that is that, you know, you and I are sitting here together right now. Maybe I don't see you again for two years. Yeah. But if, if you and I come back in two years and it's like awkward, it's like, yeah. hey, uh, yeah, so you're still doing this thing? Oh, cool, cool, right? Yeah. As opposed to like, you know, you have friends, like you don't see them for a long time and then you carry as if you saw them yesterday. Yeah. I think that's true friendship where a lot of time can pass, but you're still so tight and you're able to talk about, yeah. you know, what's happening now. You don't yeah. have to go back to like, remember when? Yeah. And just like old I'm, stories. I'm that right? dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think that's it. You know, knowing each other and being so comfortable with each other that like, no matter how much time you spend away from each other, you come back like it's just yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's something people seem to misunderstand about you? Oh. I don't think I'm the usual human <laughs> that you see every day. Um, honestly, I think I'm quite forward with people. Yeah. And no matter how um, how much I know you or not. So I think sometimes when they're strangers and I like really pay attention to them. Yeah. And I'm asking them like maybe deep questions. Yeah. They're kind of like, uh, <laughs> what does this guy want from me? Or like, yeah. why is he that way? Yeah. But I'm just so interested in people that I think sometimes maybe I throw them off like too personal. So yeah. I got to back <laughs> off and be like, okay, okay, let's just... Touch on the light stuff, you know. Maybe in a couple of months we can get into the yeah, deeper stuff. Like, are you the feds, man? What, yeah. you, what, what did you hear about? <laughs> Why are you interrogating me? <laughs> like one time I was at work and uh, usually we go, hey, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? Yeah. That's the automatic answer. I'm not looking for you to give me your troubles. Yeah. So one time I said, hey, how are you doing to this lady who worked with me? And she's just like, actually, it's awful. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> I was like, yeah. okay, let's talk about it, right? Yeah. And then when we started talking about it, it you know, I could tell that she was comfortable and she wanted to share with somebody and that was really special, right? Yeah, that, that is always yeah. a beauty. But sometimes if I go into those questions, people are like, mm, too much. <laughs> you ask me too much. Uh, if you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell him? Again, I have very few regrets in my life and mm-hmm. so it's hard to change things, but... Honestly, I would tell myself to live more. Um, You know, my dad's had me work from a very young age in the family Mm -hmm. business, and that's all right. But yeah, my parents are also very much like um, quite protective. So I wish I had the courage to step outside of that and do crazy things that, you know, that that, that I see other people are doing. Um, So if I had to go back, I'd say be a bit more courageous and uh, do some crazy stuff <laughs> don't be too safe <laughs> yeah that's true life's too short <laughs> okay and this one's loaded uh what's the most important thing you've learned in your life what was your life like before learning it what was your life like after learning it oh wow you know i think there's been a few things that i've learned two that stand out is balance like having a balance no matter how much or what you do yeah. But I think perspective is the big one because we're all so different from each other, um, mm-hmm. especially in this beautiful city, right? It's like yeah. we all come from so many different backgrounds and 
socioeconomic abilities and all that. And so I think perspective is the one lesson that I've learned about humans that's really important. Yeah. Um, and how it's changed my life is, um, you know, it's easy for us to judge others or like look at how somebody does something. That's stupid. Why would you yeah. do that, right? But I don't know their life story. There's probably a reason why they're yeah, doing that or talk in a certain way or whatever. Yeah. And so I think how it changed my life is I understand people so much better by allowing them to give me their perspective before I, I don't even want to judge people, but before I make up my mind about something, right? Oh, yeah. So I think that's a very important one is perspective, knowing that everybody's so different, right? All right. What is the best compliment you've ever received? Oh. <laughs> my mom uh, yeah. no you know what actually there was a recent one um it was beautiful it was uh on my birthday and uh this neighbor of mine she said uh I'm trying to remember she says to me you radiate sunshine and you pass it on to others and i i felt so good about that because yeah. that's my goal in life you yeah. know like to be happy and make other people happy um that was really beautiful that she said okay. that that's really cool <laughs> What is your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Okay. Um, Which is, it's funny because it's ironic because I am a holistic nutritionist. Mm -hmm. Um, Yet over the last few years, just through life and depression and things that I've gone through, um, I've put on a bit of weight and I Mm -hmm. don't like that. Um, and I guess I would consider that to be a bit of a failure. What I've learned from it is those little addictions to the sugar and all the things that we love that soothe us, the chicken wings and all that kind of stuff. Um, it seems okay when you're just having a plate of it, but man, (laughs) when you go through a few years of doing that, it really affects you and it slows down your metabolism. Right. And so I would say that that's probably a big one for me. Um, I'm trying to exercise more and do more about that now and, get back on the horse right yeah. so but if and when i get out of this i'm hoping never to make that mistake again <laughs> yeah no <laughs> addiction's a tough one you know like yeah. you get used to something and just continue oh, to do it over and over more. and over <laughs> one more one more one more <laughs> so i'd say watch out for that before it, before it happens but, uh, before it gets too deep <laughs> okay um then the final question who are the three people who have been the most influential to you I would say my father for sure. Um, even though I disagree with him so much on certain things, uh, I've yeah. learned a lot from him. I really yeah. have. Um, and uh, he's taught me to be more smart in business, to um, you know, just really, really pay attention to what's happening um, in terms of economy and all that. Um, other than that, I would say my friend Chris for showing me that true friendship actually exists. I met this guy uh, at a job interview one time and I was going to take on a job and it didn't happen and I moved on. But that was like a six-month stint at a company. Yeah. Years later, this guy's still my friend. And we've literally gone through everything from crying on each other's shoulders to laughing together to all that kind of stuff. So I really look up to him because he shows me what a good friendship is. Um, and then the third person, maybe we can pick somebody on TV or something. <laughs> um Honestly, the creator of Whole Foods, uh, I think his name was Rob Mackey, because he started out just wanting to have an organic grocery store in Austin, Mm -hmm. Texas. That's all he did. He just 
started an organic grocery store. Now he's got over 400 stores and he yeah. got purchased out by Amazon a few yeah. years ago, right? And so I really look up to him because it's cool to see that somebody can, again, plant that seed for something. And then years later, I mean, the payoff didn't come for literally decades. He started this in the 70s, I believe. And so I really look up to him because he started a cool mission that is really to make the world a better place and to provide us with healthier lives. And now he's become this super successful yeah. multi-billionaire, right? Yeah. But based on, you know, uh, something that is so cool and so awesome that really serves people, right? Yeah. So I really look up to him a lot. Okay. <laughs> Makes me hopeful. And then, uh, any questions for me? Any questions for you? Um, actually, yeah, I have one question because yeah. you and I have shared that uh, we're both interested in podcasting and I really appreciate you having me here today. Yeah. Um, how did you start doing this? Why did you start doing this? And now that you've been doing it for a couple of years, is it what you thought it's going to be? Um, why I, start, why I started was I, I always wanted to speak, but I always felt because of being an introvert, I was terrified of public speaking. Of course. So when I discovered I could speak into my, because my podcast started from a phone, I could just record my voice into an app and upload it and people can hear it and wow. never affect me. <laughs> so like, right. That was my first step into it. And then after that, I started discovering other, there's a thing called podcasting. And then I was like, oh, what I've been doing is podcasting. Oh. But when I was just recording and throwing it out there, whatever this app did. And that was on an app called uh, Musical.ly, which is TikTok today. Oh, no way. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Okay. <laughs> That's what I used to do back then. And then wow. from there, when I realized there's a thing called podcasting, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. You get to sit down and speak on different Topics and if people are interested in those topics and in how you talk about them, this is this is how it does it. But what I didn't know was you could make money or it could be a brand because wow. for me it was just I needed somewhere to have conversations. And then I was like, if I wanted to speak with strangers without being weird, what's the best way to do it? <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to the right guy. Yeah, I was like, what's the best way to do it? Because I'm very introvert. I'm terrified of having conversations if I just meet people. Like it, it, it Somehow, I don't know, I get social anxiety. I get Absolutely. all these things. So whereas with this, it's like, oh, I mean, it's my space and it's like someone is comfortable to come in. And I try to open it up as much as I can to be like, it's open, it's a house, come, let's have a conversation about wow. you and whatever you want to do because I'm interested in people, but I'm just terrified of people as well. Wow. So when I started it, 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 it it wasn't what I expected it to be. It wasn't it. Because I thought people would come and be timid and just be like, ah, okay, let's just talk about music or whatever. But it's like people are willing to have those in-depth conversations and to actually speak and to have those. I was like, I've so, never had these conversations outside of this. Just, hi, yeah, I like your shoes, this, this. But it's like, oh, I actually think of these things. Because like one girl that I had was like, I thought we were going to speak about MMA. We start talking about racism we start wow, talking about wow. uh her wanting to be a firefighter i was like why would you want to be a firefighter like of all the things you can be in your life and then she breaks it down to me why it's important and then i was like oh this yeah. thing that's why like joe rogan's podcast was like that it makes sense now how he's able to have because if you're speaking to different people every day what this person says connects with this person and then it changes your perspective on it so for me that's where i was like love this like i love That's talking so to cool. people and, and learning from people because everybody wow. teaches you a different thing and we all have different views yeah. and so it's like oh i thought the world was this and then huh. the more people i meet and even some of them are my friends it's like i, I don't think you thought that way <laughs> yeah. well i didn't know this about you yeah. yeah and then it's like they're, they're changing my whole perspective to different things like someone broke down um 
generational trauma where they're like uh if you look at uh let's say slavery which something people bring up is like you, i might say slavery doesn't affect me but then they're like well you do know like in your cells so female cells um that egg that a female has is passed from generation to generation so that means if your great great parent was a slave whatever trauma they had is in those cells that they genetically it's going to be passed yeah. down so it's going to be passed down yeah so it's like it's going to be passed down yeah. to to today so if we just so, ignore certain things and be like oh these people went through this thing it doesn't matter anymore it's like no it does cuz right. it's in their dna that this trauma I was like Okay. <laughs> and then she's like, "Oh, you think you don't have trauma, but think about the fact that when you're a kid, right? And your parents would say, "Go clean those dishes." And they'll shout at you. So now anytime you're at the sink cleaning your dishes and you hear a voice, you <laughs> traumatize. Yeah, you just go, oh. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, wait." It's like, yeah, so it's positive. So like I'm like, this is just through the podcast. If I never speak to her, I would never have thought of cells and that's amazing. And this thing. So it's like every time I meet people, you learn different things. So in doing it I've learned that in in realizing oh it's actually a platform that can be big like wow. you can I can get to the point like I plan on speaking to Trudeau if he's ever prime minister for forever <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you hear that Trudeau? yeah I would need him to explain to me what's the difference between African leaders and him <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. but those things so it's like I see the potential of it like oh this can actually go big and there are people who appreciate the podcast who listen to it and I'm like I've really been enjoying it. Yeah, <laughs> and those things I didn't know anybody would be on the other side watching it. Well, I'm like me? Oh, okay. Wow. And people would DM me like you haven't uploaded in the last two weeks. What's going so on? So paying attention yeah. and, looking, and, I, and I, that routine is so important. Oh, yeah. I, I expect this every yeah, two weeks, expect, man. And then like, you like <laughs> I thought no one was because on the stats it tells you it's like no one That's was awesome. watching. You're like yeah. I thought no one was watching. They're like I'm always watching. You've got a few loyal fans. <laughs> yeah, appears like yeah, because I got to a point where I was not even promoting it, and it just say ten wow. plays. I'm like, who are these ten people who, who played? My- it's your nephew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's my nephew with these questions. I'm like, who's these ten people? But that's what you learn. Like awesome. the difference. I don't know. Like I guess. If you look at a Joe Rogan one where he has like 3 million people watching, some people are yeah. there to just attack him, some people are there, but <laughs> yeah. it's there's a feeling but where also you, there's a difference because he came from television from Fear Factor from all these yeah. people, from MMA, right? So he already had an audience when he started, oh, yeah, right? Oh, yeah. I remember the first few episodes was him and that Brian guy is talking just for talking. hours, man. <laughs> Actually even trying to set up the audio, right? While yeah. we're listening. <laughs> but with yourself and uh, you know I'm about to embark on this journey myself yeah. I think it may be a bit harder for us to establish that following from the get go oh yeah right? which which is too fine cuz I was told don't do it for the following just do it for the message cuz like you find um let's say think about what was the example that I was giving like think about if you have you how much money would you pay for your your dad your dad's dad um how much money would you pay to be able to see his life like how what was the number would you put to see your dad when he was a kid crazy so it's like yeah. think of if you're going to create content think of it in the sense of oh that freaks me out actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah. one day yeah people going to look at this and be like oh. yeah they're like think of your grand grandkids going so <laughs> what did that guy what made him you know different then they can be able to look it up and see you wow. on video like that's why you do it and then the rest will follow but the main thing that you're doing it is for your generations to come who then be able to look at 
So this dude who set us up in Canada, oh, this right. was his thinking. Oh, he was complaining about oh, rentals being amazing. crazy yeah. high. Look, they're low. That was my granddad. He yeah, started yeah. It. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Yeah. That's actually really interesting because often I think about like, man, my, my dad doesn't talk very much, right? About feelings yeah. and stuff like that. But like, I always think about like, whoa, that'd be crazy to like actually see what his life. I try and imagine it sometimes, like what his life was like and I can't. Yeah. It'd be cool if I could have a little sample or a window or a video like we do have today, yeah. right? So yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, that's yeah. for me, like that's once I had that perspective, I was like, Amazing. this changes everything. Really? Hey. <laughs> yeah, it changes wow. the way I look at I don't uh, I look at the stats from like being strategy and whatever, but I still just look at it. I'm just creating content for generations beautiful. to come. Like they'll see my growth. Like, oh look, this is how it started here. Yeah. This lights. Are you, you know, are you finding an identity for yourself at this point? Yeah. Through your podcast? Like you're trying to nail that down now? Yeah, no, no I'm trying that's to great. do it. Because yeah, I didn't know Joe Rogan was a comedian. I was like, right, yeah. I guess he does stand up. That's his that's main right. thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. The rest of it is just on top. But his main cool. thing is being a comedian. And that's something that is... So for me, I was like, oh. Huh. So that means I have to find who am I right. as I'm doing this? And why should people listen to me? As I'm doing this, so that's why, like, it's conversation with Uncle Kevin. I'm like, who is Uncle Kevin? So that means I have to find my own fear factor. I like this, this, this Uncle this. Kevin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's for the nephews. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I have to find who he is, and as I do that as well through the podcast, through these conversations, you'll be able to see the growth in me. Like, right. oh, when Calvin came, he was not interested, but all of a sudden, he started to think different about it. Oh, when I don't know, the, this prime minister came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy having a different, you never know yeah. what he teaches you. And in that I'm like, I'm open to learning and, and discovering who I am through different conversations. Like Beautiful. I said, the city is scary, man. You don't know who to <laughs> talk to. So it's like any opportunity you get to speak to people, you're like, oh yeah, it changes my perspective. I'm always in my room, mm. but mm. you're in Maple Ridge. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're in Port Moody, no? Port Moody. Port Moody. Yeah, it's like, that's a whole... <laughs> Different thing from Benabi. Like yes. now, I'm interested in being like, what's actually out there. <laughs> There's a space because sometimes you, like I'll tell you, you met my friend. Like, where do we go? Mm. It's like, man, I've heard of Port yeah, Moody. I know this and that. So, yeah. yeah, but yeah. now I can be like, I've heard of a place called Port Moody. You wanna yeah. just drive there? We can go see <laughs> hey, what the people are there. You do. or any of uh, your lovely <laughs> listeners want to come out to Port Moody? Let me know, man. Yeah, Calvin definitely. Ramps, out there. Yeah, I we'll love come, meeting new people. We'll come out there and see. <laughs> yeah, so, I just went to the rec room. Uh, in Burnaby yeah. at Brentwood. Yeah. Cool place, man. I mean, very kid centric for sure. Yeah. Man, that was awesome, man. Yeah, Brentwood is. I really else. enjoyed it. <laughs> Brentwood is. God damn, I didn't know they charged for parking down there. Oh, okay. <laughs> welcome. Hot spot, too. <laughs> See, I'm from Port Moody. You just pick a spot. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to. I don't know when Benavi started. Well, when this was a Vancouver thing, but welcome. Welcome to Benavi. Everywhere you go. I used to love Benavi because you just park your car and walk wherever you want to go. Uh-uh. Now it's like everywhere you go, there's. Ching. Yeah, it's like pay us. <laughs> yeah. But and then they have the so what's it called? Paid city of Benabi. I was like, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. wait what? I want this one paid city of Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, it's like pay us every dollar and if you don't pay them, yeah. the guy is hiding in the bushes. Oh, dude, it feels like it. <laughs> yeah, you're over by two minutes yeah, they got like, you, right? He's yeah. there. You're like Just waiting for you. What are you doing, bro? You didn't pay. Yeah. It's a minute. Yeah. In pain that minute. You walked past and that's it. Right? Okay, that's you. what they make for a living. I actually want to ask you one quick question mm-hmm. as well. Uh, do you have any advice for me as I'm starting? Like literally, I just got my kit. I'm going to start putting it together. Any advice as I'm starting my podcast? Yeah, so I actually 
do have one more question for you. As I'm starting my podcast now, I'm embarking on this journey. Do you have any advice for me as I'm starting out uh, okay. so that I don't make some of the mistakes that you might have made? <laughs> I would say uh, the, the main thing is you have to be consistent with your uploads. So if you say okay. it's a once a week podcast, is say it's Mondays, you know every Monday it's coming out, whether you have people listening or not, because that consistency helps the platform. So let's say it's Spotify, it's wherever it's going up. They know, okay, this thing comes up on this day. So you create that consistency. And then your audience, once they see someone, okay, this guy keeps posting. The first time like, okay. And then you find the more numbers you have, if you say discover the podcast, it's on, on episode 10. And there's 10 episodes I can listen to. That's impressive then. Yeah, you posted one episode. <laughs> right. When is the next one coming? So I'd say it's about consistency and your sound. Sound matters more than anything. Okay. Yeah. Good for me to know. Yeah. Sound sound is like you can have terrible video, but sound, if your sound just goes terrible, people don't listen. Like we, true, yeah. we can have people running around you. Yeah, yeah. But if the sound is there, people will switch off the video and listen to your sound. Yeah, especially because so. I think with podcasting, I don't know I'm this way, but like I'll be doing stuff around the house yeah. and still listening to it. I'm not really like, I see it sometimes, right? Yeah. So that makes sense. So it's, yeah, your, your main Thank concern you. is, is sound. And then if you're going to have guests, you have to do your research on them. Like okay. as much as you can. I know it's the internet. <laughs> you, you can't believe everything, but because you find people... People are more open when you're speaking their language more uh-huh. than yours. Uh-huh. So if you're like, oh, you like the, the the one I know, like when my coach came, I went on his Instagram to when he was still a kid. That was one of the first ones, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He yeah, was still yeah. a kid. And I went and I was like, oh, you had this tattoo. <laughs> he's like, how do you even know that? <laughs> Just digging that stuff out, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then once you do that, he's like, oh, this guy is actually really interested in, in me. And yeah, I learned that one from Joe Rogan. Like the oh, way cool. the way he speaks to people, like where he's like, oh yeah, this, mm. this. And then you're like, that's an interesting mm. take because people like just want to be comfortable and know that you are actually interested in me. And you will get some people who just come to promote themselves because, you know, <laughs> Be an actor, sure. the more <laughs> the more you're out there. Sure, yeah. But it's still even from those people, like the moment you make them feel human, it's like they'll be like, okay, now I can put off the acting. <laughs> right. And right. be myself and present myself to speak to you. And 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 then once they're done, they'll put it on because they have to. For them, it's all about their image and whatever. But in most cases, people just want to know that they're more interested in me, mm. my story. That's the most important thing. And people will speak. You can just go. The whole podcast, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I had a guy who came, we were speaking about immigration. I was like, no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but he just went. <laughs> and That's he went, awesome. and he went. And then That's he just awesome. told me like, last week his wife texted me. He's like, yo, thank you for inviting my husband. He enjoyed wow. it. He started his own podcast now. <gasps> no way. I was like, wow. Where did he immigrate from? From Mexico. That's so cool. I was like, wow, that's awesome. If he needs help. Yeah, I'm always here to help or if you need yeah. a guest or whatever. Oh man, that's beautiful because yeah. like honestly, you know, you and I talk about, you know, community a lot and community is telling stories. Oh yeah. Right? What's your story? What's my story? Can we share, oh, you yeah. know, something in common there? And so it's just beautiful to have an outlet where people are free to do that yeah, and feel free. safe to do that. Oh yeah. yeah. That's that's <laughs> the beauty of it. I was just like, it's awesome. I like I was telling my friend, I was like, yo, I think my colleague is just to create, I don't understand it, but it's weird. Like, because huh. she also started a podcast after coming on this podcast. So I was like, oh, wow. is my thing just to spark people's... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what you do, you spark <laughs> other podcasts. I'm like, is that, is that my thing? <laughs> I, I don't understand what I'm doing, but right. it's like, 
it's it's also pretty cool because it's like what people would do is like, oh, if you can do it, I can do it. And I'm like, yeah, that's the point. But that's beautiful too. Yeah, right? it's like, that's yeah. the point. Like, if I can do, you can do. We can all speak. We can all have voices. Awesome. As the world is going crazy and, you know, <laughs> the loud ones are loud. We're still there with the silent voices going, well, I have a different opinion. If anyone cares, I'm over here thinking a little bit different. So I'd say for you, it's just that be yourself mainly because people, people will see beyond if you bring a presentation. Like yeah, make an act. Of if it. you make an act, it's like at a certain point, you get tired of it because yeah, yeah. you're just like, no, authentic. I, yeah, I want to talk yeah. about these issues. You know, like let's say I know your podcast. You'll be talking about issues in Vancouver. If you just yeah. present yourself as, listen, guys, I'm Richard Branson. I don't know the mm-hmm. richest person mm-hmm. in Vancouver mm-hmm. is. This is how I'm going to speak. Like I cannot relate to anybody. If you, you become know. a character almost. Yeah, yeah. At a certain point, people are like, is that you? Right. <laughs> or are you putting on a character? And then how long can you sustain the character? And the worst part is if you're pretending to be someone, that person comes on your podcast that you're pretending to be. It's like, ah. Uh, you want to be genuine, right? Yeah. I uh, did a public speaking class when I was at CapU. Um, mm-hmm. I got an A plus, man. Like, I'm good at this stuff. But yeah. I remember I did one and I could tell that the students were watching me going, whoa. Right? Yeah. Like, this guy's got it. <laughs> and I thought, you know, my ego, right? I was just yeah. like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to kick this. So then she looks at me, the teacher, and she goes, eh. Even the students looked at her like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. we're trying to become like them. Because I did this beautiful, but it was very, I wasn't vulnerable. I put on an act and it was a character and I did this whole thing with a voice and I stood a certain way and I looked a certain way and I did it. It was perfect. It was polished. Mm-hmm. It was polished. So she goes, I want to see you vulnerable. It's too clean. It's too good. Yeah. Right? I want to see the real you. And she shocked me, but also I was so happy she said that because she was actually teaching me. Yeah. You know, something that I didn't know. And ever since that day, I've actually tried a lot to listen to that message and say, okay, people want to actually get to know you, not the character that you yeah. put on. This isn't TV or movie or something like yeah. that. This is just a conversation. And so yeah. that's a beautiful thing to recognize. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's true. It's like, can I relate to you in whatever issue totally. you're speaking to? If you're just coming to yeah. me as you're polished, everything yeah. is it's okay it's like oh so you don't really experience (laughs) yeah i can't you don't experience like you're talking about the issues we're facing but you don't experience them the way Mm -hmm. they affect me Mm -hmm. so let's say you're complaining about distance to work yeah and you're like oh me (laughs) i drive in the hove lane now yeah yeah, yeah. speed through it there's no traffic what are you talking about (laughs) yeah and then someone's like oh i take the bus right and that's the person listening Not to the podcast. Not even close to yeah. that experience. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's the person, because the podcast, let's say it's a two-hour podcast, whatever hours it is, mm. this person has you in their ears and you're literally just going, I'm not like you. <laughs> They're like, oh. That relat- relatability. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, so yeah. I can't relate to this. What's the next thing? It's powerful. So yeah, that, that'll, that'll be my advice. Just be Thank yourself you. and... Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate that. I heard it more than once now. It must be true. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the journey. <laughs> Enjoy so it. Do it. Don't do. Don't worry about the numbers. The numbers will come. Oh, for sure. I never do. P- people follow value more than like whatever. Think of Joe Rogan's podcast, yeah. man. Like I, I reference it not because of the hundred million, but it's like when yeah. he had Kevin Hart on his show. Like that was the first time I'd heard Kevin Hart speak the way he spoke. Are you serious? Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it was. It was like he just broke down how wow. how he became successful, his thought process, That's and those things. Really I was like, cool. I've listened to every interview. People only ask him, oh, what do you think about your success? Mm-hmm. And with Joe Rogan, it was like, oh, so where did you start from? Oh, you're, in comed- you're being laughed at in the 
because he understands comedy the comedian process of i course, guess yeah so he's like oh yeah you were being and then came and i was like yeah i had to go through that and experience different things and now i am where i am and it's amazing you before you know it, you've listened to the thing for three hours so that's like, so cool oh this is what it's about it's not about those the, sorry opera the opera shows <laughs> it's like 30 minutes she has an audience that's yeah she has an audience yeah, 30 minutes polished right Yes, from and, the, and again, there's a time and place for that. That's on national television. Yeah, right. And I think that's what my public speaking teacher was trying to teach me is just like, look, man, you know, you're here with a small group. You got to be able to relate to them. Uh, okay, cool. I, I can do that. Okay, let me switch it up a little, right? Yeah. And and then I just slowly change my way slowly. so that you're you're doing what you need to do in that situation with yeah. that audience, right? Yeah. And I think podcasting is very personal. You're right about yeah. that, especially the topics you and I are discussing. Yeah. more like about the people of Vancouver, you know, everything local, right? <laughs> yeah, everything local. Even even if cuz that thing is even if you make it local, like we're complaining about rental prices yeah. whatever. If you're in San Francisco, if you're Yeah, in, you can relate. You can New relate York. New York, yeah. wherever you are, you're in like, Sydney, "Oh, yeah, yeah. so this is not just happening in Vancouver." Absolutely. But it's like the way we speak about it, like, "Oh, this is people renting basements." It's like <laughs> It's shit, basically everybody's story. <laughs> everybody's in, like, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. how it works. So it's yeah. like yeah. you just want to do that and Yeah, fun, man. Like beautiful. Key things, have fun with it. Yeah. Eh, if it's out, it's out. Whatever. Well, who knows? Maybe at some point we're sitting on opposite sides of the table, eh? Yeah. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm I'm looking for those. I want to be a guest, yeah, man. Awesome, like man. I want to see what I'm like on other people's podcasts. Oh, that's cool. fun. <laughs> Anybody with a podcast too, invite me. I don't know what I did to you people. <laughs> Find out. <laughs> the uh, truth. The truth. Like one person gave me topics. I'm like, "Okay, do not invite me to a topic podcast. I cannot do that." Like I right. I'll, I'll come in and conversation and more we, so we, yeah we go left yeah, yeah, yeah. before i answer your questions but yeah. um that any last words for the people love you all man i hope to meet you at some point it's been an honor and a pleasure to be here with you and uh yeah let's all just share together all right and where yeah. we, when's the podcast coming where can we you find you it's funny so my friend just bought me like a starter kit from costco and it's got <laughs> the basics the mic and all that kind of stuff the camera so i'm literally inspired by this now yeah I just got it two days ago, so I'm going to go home and install it, and I'm going to start, you know, practicing with it. Yeah. But this is something I've wanted to do for a long time, and it's funny how life works, you know. Yeah. I've been talking about it for two years, haven't done crap about it, yeah. and all of a sudden you invite <laughs> me to be here, and the same week, yeah. my friend says, "Hey, look what I found at Costco." So sometimes life literally just goes, "Go, do yeah, it. <laughs> we need you." Man. So now I have no way out, you know. <laughs> I've said it on here, so I have to do it. <laughs> we need you, man. Like with, yeah. with the whole recession thing coming through, that. we need you. I appreciate you that, and honestly, it. I'd be so. happy and honored to have a voice out there and yeah. uh, I'm going to just do my best and uh, maybe I'll get to where you are. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for coming through. Cheers. With that said, people, see you next week.